From the fabulous WSUM Madison Studios, it's Do It Live, hosted by the Do It Geeks. This week, we're talking about back to school. What's new, what's shaken, and how can Do It help you meet all of your technology needs this year? Joining us in the studio, the famous Las Vegas magician, Teller from Penn & Teller. Along with our regular geeks, Teresa Saldana and Andy Muschlewski. And now, broadcasting live and local on 91.7 FM and streaming worldwide on WSUM.org, please help me welcome my co-host, Ty Christian. Hey! Let's do it live. 2.0. Actually, 2.5. Because this is our... The second part of our season, and uh, as always, I'm joined here by the lovely and talented Teresa Saldana. Yay! Yay! And uh, our, our other new geek, well, not exactly new, but he's new-ish. Uh, Just call me Andy M. Andy M. <laughs> Andy, Andy M. M. Andy M. There's no place like home. And we're here today to talk tech uh, on the most connected radio show on the planet. Check us out online, doit.wisc.edu forward slash radio we've got a bunch of new uh wonderful ways to contact us um i don't know if they're quite new but they're they're techie and they're technology related you can email us radio at doit.wist.edu that's a technology email you can uh uh, use the old uh, 18th century 19th century technology telephone to give us a call our number is listed there uh on the do it live webpage. uh you can give us a call while we're on the air live and we will answer your questions or or anything like that, but you know, uh, today actually we are we are not live. We are coming to you from the past. From the past. <laughs> it's very magical. Yeah, yeah, because we uh, we had to pre-record this uh, uh, show because we're we're uh, we're doing a blackout of do it live because we're against SOPA and PIPA, right? We're completely blacking out the show. No, no, that's not it. No, that's, that's not it. That's not it's it at all. It's because we want to make sure that we're all at do it, able and ready to assist anyone who needs help with their computers. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so that's why we won't be here. Because because uh, the, the school year is starting, and so we're expecting maybe a little bit of a rush. Mm-hmm. So, gallant, we head back to do it to help all you. Everyone out there who needs assistance, we shall be there at the deepest, darkest nights, at the shiniest tomorrows, we shall be there for helping you. Ty, we're not it, the post office. Oh. Damn. We, we, don't, we, we don't. It's not quite like that. But it is snowing today. And, and, um, it is. And yeah. we're and, here. Yeah, we're here. Yeah. So uh, I guess uh, let's. we should probably start off the show the way we start off all of the shows uh, with uh, Teresa Saldana and the news. So it's I'll, oh, yeah. Teresa Saldana with the news. I can't get the thing to work. I'm sorry. The work, them you work. Yeah, it's not working. I'm sorry. Well, we can we can do without the the sound. Beep 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 beep. That works too. That works. <laughs> okay, so uh, I I know our news is going to be dated by the time um everybody at home listens to this. So um, I mm-hmm. at least Bear with this us. this first topic. I know there will be significant updates by the time um this actually airs. Um, but uh, I'm sure you will have seen. Um, or heard of by now, uh, the blackout uh, of Wikipedia mm-hmm. that's going to happen. Um, well, 
it's actually tomorrow, um, so that's January 18th, Yeah. Um, that Wikipedia is just, it's going to black out. For any page you need to access, anything you're trying to look up on Wikipedia, it, you're not going to be able to get to it. You're going to hit one page, and it's going to um, be a message uh, from Wikipedia um, emphasizing uh, how the internet um, should stay free and SOPA should not be enacted. Right. Or right. PIPA, the other one, too. SOPA and PIPA. So the Stop Online Piracy Act, Yeah. Um, which, uh, from what we understand, having read um, actually on Wikipedia <laughs> as one of our sources of, of what SOPA will entail, um, it does not bode well um, for those of us that would like access to free access to information, which all of us being in the IT industry um, cannot stress enough how important that freedom is um, to be able to, you know, again, you know, pull up things like Wikipedia and be able to get access to information without, mm -hmm. um, you know, Internet service providers or private companies uh, deciding that they don't want you to see that information anymore. For sure. For um, sure. Because they think that they own it or maybe somebody owns it or because we've already seen that. We've seen takedowns of of. Uh, what oh, what was that a couple weeks ago we were talking about there was it, a, it was like a like a hip hop news site is that what the one you're referring to no i thought it was um i'm trying to think i don't i don't know if it was one of the the major um like movie studios was looking for um torrented uh data and they took down a bunch of stuff that was even legal oh I yeah I, they were they were talk, uh, they were taking down what was it I, it was something it was like it was like a torrent freak or or or, or oh, I can't remember what it was, but yeah, it was it was a legal torrents and they actually took them down even though they were they were legal. Right. Um, that sort of thing, you know, for those people who are listening out there, that sort of thing can happen to your favorite website. Mm -hmm. And with SOPA and and PIPA or PIPA or what, you know however you want to call mm -hmm. the two those two bills, basically all a all a private company has to do is just make a threat and say, hey. We have something out there that uh, that is copyrighted and it's on this guy's site, and uh, he better take it down within five days, or we're going to sue you. And I mean, it's it just the threat alone is going to be enough to to take down most sites. And uh, the, you know, the 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 copyright process to go through the copyright courts is is a long and grueling process. I mean, I guess to go through any legal battle, mm -hmm. it's probably a long and grueling process. But especially with copyright, it's very you know sometimes it's very murky. Who owns this? What is the um, you know, what does the artist think? That kind of stuff. The the big example um, of how how messy and how terrible this you know this sort of thing can be um, was I, I I don't know remember exactly what the site was, but it was like a hip hop news site uh, that was taken down um, by uh, by some company for an entire year. So a year is lost, loss of, of revenue of advertising, that kind of stuff. Uh, the site wouldn't even resolve. There wasn't even a, a, a note on it as to why it had been taken down. Um, and the, the company uh, basically forced the, t the takedown of the site because um, they thought that the site uh, leaked some new, like, uh, P. Diddy stuff um, uh, or Puff Daddy or P. Diddles or whatever he's calling himself nowadays. But, <laughs> but you know, they thought that he was leaking or that this site was leaking new Puff Daddy stuff that hadn't been released yet. Well, after a whole year of litigation, after a year of the site being down, after a year of everyone forgetting about the site, basically, um, the lawyers found out that Puff Daddy had been had given uh, the, the, in, the the stuff to the site and said, here, you know, I want you to, re to leak this. I want you to release it. So, like, the person who made 
the track and theoretically should own the copyright, gave it to the site in order to release it. Mm-hmm. Right, and the, and the big thing there is that the, the, the company had no recourse. So yeah. they, they basically, their business was done. Yep, yep. They couldn't sue the people that took them down because that was one of the things in the copyright contract or whatever, or the takedown, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they can only be shown, you know, to, to have legally owned it or have not. And it took a year, an entire year, to go through that process. Imagine if so, you posted something on Facebook that had Justin Bieber in the background, you know, like you were you're playing a Justin Bieber song or you're doing a cover of a Justin Bieber song, you know. I'm sorry for you if you do if you if you if you're doing that on <laughs> Facebook. But I mean, think about it. You know, the company that owns that copyright can take down Facebook because of because of what you did. Potentially, yes. Mm-hmm. So even so, all and no one's safe in this. <laughs> right. No YouTube is safe. isn't safe. I mean, Facebook's not safe. And this is kind of a worst case scenario in that <clears throat> this company was doing everything by the book and they still got pulled down. Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side of that, you have. Um, Websites out there like um, torrenting websites. I'm not going to come out and name, name one, but let's Pirate Bay. Pirate, I'll name pi- one. Okay, pi- Pirate Bay is one. And and for instance, they came out and said, "Go ahead, do Sopa Pippa. You're not going to stop us anyway." Mm-hmm. So, w- what is this legislation really going to gain us in anything but headaches? Really, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I would, <laughs> I I actually would probably agree with the Pirate Bay. It's like, yeah, you you can. You can legislate, um, you know, a- anti-piracy uh, to death. It's it's not going to stop it. It's like you know, legislating the you know drugs or like uh, mm-hmm. guns or something like that. You know, if you want if you want something, you, you, you're going to figure out how to get your hands on it. You know, yeah. Especially even if it's but illegal. And what's unfortunate is that the people who are going to get hurt are the people that can't even fight it. That's you true. Know? Or they're they're like. Like with that hip hop website, it's going to be people who are trying to do things legally and some company may just decide they don't like what they're doing Mm -hmm. or, you know, but again, SOPA has just so much ambiguous um, terms in it Mm -hmm. that just the the scope of it is incredible. Right. And along with the scope of it, we talked about this earlier, is the cost of and, and the actuality of actually implementing something like this. Can it actually really be done? Mm-hmm. Um, probably not. Yeah, it doesn't seem realistic. It's not really right. a feasible means to stop piracy. Yeah. So uh, so you heard it here first. Do it live is going dark. We're going not live. We're do it, do it recorded <laughs> the next couple of weeks to see how this pans out. Uh, amongst other things, but but yeah, um, uh, what is it? Uh, what's all going down? Wikipedia is going down, Reddit's going down, uh, mm-hmm. Imager is going down, IMGUR, yep. the big the big imaging hosting site, uh, is going down. And I thought we um, heard that Twitter was going to, but Twitter's not going down. Twitter's not going down, Mm-mm. but uh, Reddit is is planning a uh, a counter protest against Twitter, I guess, because oh. they're they're not being because they're they're not going down. Right. Um, so, I mean, in theory, I mean, Mozilla, on, on Mozilla. This, Mozilla, that's a big one. They're oh going boy. down. Go down. Yep. So, I mean, anybody who goes on the internet tomorrow, I mean, I, I would be shocked if you missed this. Yeah, yeah. And because uh, so, if you don't know what SOPA is yet, you are going to. Yeah. <laughs> and and everyone is kind of holding. You know, everyone is kind of waiting with bated breath. Will Google go black too? Yeah. The latest report from Google is that they're going to put up a page. Um, Against SOPA and PIPA, but they're not going to redirect people. Mm-hmm. So there'll be some information if you go to Google. I, what what I mean, what would happen if we didn't have Google? See, that's that's the bi- like, 
That's the really big. That's scary the really one. big one. Yeah. If if Google could go black for a day, if they could, I mean, I don't even know. If, you know, they're so huge. How I wonder yeah. if they could hit the big red candy button that shuts everything down for a day. But I mean, like, if Google went down for a day, can you it's, imagine? It's unimaginable. If you, if those of us who are old enough to remember the internet before Google, mm-hmm. um, with the search engines that were available, it was. The, the internet is the internet it is today because of Google, I would say. Right, right. So, I mean, amazing, amazing if Google went down. And, and I think it would, it would be, s- you know, such a historical or h- such a historic event mm-hmm. for the internet. That would just be insane. And Though I, I think Google c- would stand to lose a lot because you get people that, that figure out, oh, I'll switch to Bing or I'll switch to something else. They may not go back to Google. Google could lose some of their audience because the way that I look at it is Google is the means by which people get to Wikipedia or get to other pages to then even see these SOPA pages. <laughs> so you cut people off from Google if they switch to another search engine, you may lose some people. I'm not saying everybody and certainly not us. We all use Google. We yeah. like Google, but they could lose some people. Yeah, I suppose it really would have to be a coordinated effort between Bing and Yahoo and and Google, the three big search engines. If they all went down. Oh, man. That would be the coolest thing in the world. Everyone would get so much work done, like in the real world. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone would go outside and, like, fix their snowblowers or change the belts on their car, print out their... No, no, you know. You know know what would happen? Everyone would call the help desk asking why the Internet's down. Actually, the IP address for that one. (laughs) You know what? Now that I think about it, like... No, we wouldn't get too much done because the, when I when I fix my snowblower and change the belts on my car, this you're last using weekend, Google. Guess what I use to to figure out how to do it? Uh-huh. I, use, <laughs> I use Google. Oh boy, <laughs> this everyone actually was, do you used know to happen a couple of times back uh, when everyone was on dial-up internet on campus and the DNS server here would go down every once in a while. Yeah, and you wouldn't be able to go anywhere then unless you knew another DNS server or had the. Uh, IP address of the actual website you're going through. So basically, do you want to quick explain to the folks at home what DNS server is so and what exactly it does for you? That kind of takes the www.google.com and it redirects it to the actual IP address of that site. So it, it tells tells the internet where to go basically with your what you type into the URL your your .com or .net address that you type in. Mm-hmm. Because back in the day. Uh, even before the WWWs, we all they had was like the IP addresses. So if you wanted to get to Google, you'd have to type in like twenty eight dot one one four dot eighty seven dot five zero three, not five zero three. That one's that's wrong. But you, you, you <laughs> know what I mean? It's like a, it, it's it's a, a bunch of numbers, and then they said, oh, that's really hard to remember mm-hmm. after they got more than you know it got to be more than like twelve systems. So they, <laughs> you know. Um, so they switched it over to www dot a name, and then yeah, how do how do computers equate the name to the the bunch of numbers they use dns and dns was invented here at uw madison really it was oh. yeah dns Sweet. was we invented. are so cool we invented the internet basically so yeah you know, or the means by which the internet happens well yeah. i didn't know al gore was here yep al gore was here <laughs> uh, you know back in the day that's that, when they were building the tubes right, right exactly right right <laughs> exactly yeah, our steam tunnels, they're the start of the tubes. Oh, yeah. It was it was tubes 1.0. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, nerd joke. Oh, okay. nerd joke over. Oh, All my right. goodness. All right. okay. Hey, uh, uh, you were going to uh, – I was talking to Andy, and he told me about uh, about something 
rather scandalous. Rather scandalous. <gasps> scandalous. This, yes. This is big scoop in R- the a- Apple world. Uh, rather scandalous. Uh, Can you tell us about the scandalous news, uh, Andy? Apparently, um, the um, uh, Google's Android lab had a special visitor recently, and uh, it was actually the Waz himself. Oh, Apple scandalous! Co- Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak was picking up his new Galaxy Nexus phone from Google. So scandalous. Oh, boy. Um, scandalous. He was interviewed afterwards and said that uh, he, his primarily f- primary phone is his iPhone and that he likes it, but wishes it would do all the stuff his Android phone could do. Scandalous. Now, but see, now if, if, you've, if you've read Steve's biography, I mean, that was where, or Steve Jobs' biography, I should specify, we are talking about the two Steves, the Steves. at the moment. Mm-hmm. There is more than one Steve associated with Apple. Well, it's you not know, just one Jobs. Of one of them's the Waz and one of them's Steve. Well, technically, yeah. You know. But that was, that was their, that's kind of where they butted heads was that, you know, Waz wanted to keep things open. He wanted more ports. He wanted to keep the Mac more universal and... Jobs didn't want to do that. Yeah. So I'm not surprised by this. Mm-hmm. Not like I'm Waz's best friend or something. It's not like we, <laughs> like I've had a conversation with him about this or I'm some know it all. But, you know, from what I've read, that that makes sense. And that's kind of, I think that's why he drifted away from Apple. Yeah. Is yeah. to do more. He didn't want to be locked into the, the you know, Apple's closed um, environment. I think he just likes it for the Google Maps and the, Mm-hmm. Uh, turn-by-turn directions and how the voice recognition worked with that, which apparently doesn't work as well in Siri. I wouldn't know, but no, it doesn't. Doesn't it's not all that great for turn-by-turn directions uh, in mm. Siri. You know, actually, though, um, uh, since we're talking about apps and iOS and all that sort of stuff, I can recommend an awesome app. This would be Ty's app of the week for my for my app pick here. Uh, something that I that a friend told me about and that I got into and that uh, is free uh, and is totally awesome. It's called Waze. W A Z E, uh, and it's an app for the iPhone uh, that is it's a GPS mm-hmm. and it's a free GPS. Um, and the cool thing, about, so you you know you're saying oh GPS eh, big deal you know mm-hmm. it's got ma- I, the iPhone's got maps you can use that as GPS eh you know well that's true and and I will say that Waze's GPS the actual you know f- uh, finder to to find uh, your way around from point A to point B, eh you know it's pretty good. I wouldn't say it's the greatest in the entire world. I still use my Garmin GPS in my car uh, for actual, you know, GPSing. But the thing that is amazing about Waze that totally blows me away, and I love it, and I I will actually use Waze and my Garmin GPS at the same time, is that Waze is um, is a crowdsourced way to find um, the fastest travel destination or the, the fastest travel times mm-hmm. to find backed up roads to find cops. And to find hazards on the road. So here, here's here's a great example. I'm driving down the highway, right? I'm using Waze and my GPS. Maybe I'm not actually using the the finding, you know, like the Pathfinder feature in Waze. I've just got it up and I've got it, you know, the maps uh, coming by. Uh, all of a sudden, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a good citizen. I'm driving the speed limit, or I'm, you know, maybe a little over. <laughs> I see a cop. Uh oh. And he's got his, his radar out and he's shooting the radar at the cars. So what I do is I just quick hit a little tiny button down at the bottom of Waze, and I hit the police button and I hit send. And what that does is it puts a, 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 a marker on the map that there are police there radaring cars. And that shoots out to everyone else in the area using Waze. So then all of a sudden, anyone else who's coming you know, maybe five miles behind me 
sees on their GPS a little police icon that's coming up, you know, and and it, and if they have this feature engaged, it'll it'll come up and and a little pop up and it'll it'll pause whatever music is uh, is playing and it'll be like warning police in the area, you know. And so uh, that's pretty awesome. Although I can see my eight-year-old daughter hitting that police button and laughing <laughs> maniacally as we go down the road oh, over yeah. and over and over again. But uh, I, I will say it saved my butt a few times, um, you know, where I've, I, may, I may have been going a little little too fast. And, oh, there's police in the area. got to slow down. And sure enough, boom, there was a police car right there, right wow. at that exact place. It's also great for, you know, like road hazards. Like, you know, there's got a car on the side of the road, so you want to mm-hmm. move over to the right. So it, it'll tell you that, you know, a couple miles uh, before it actually happens. And if the police have moved on or if the hazard's not there anymore, the second you hit it, you can just hit the not there button and then, you know, and then it takes oh, it off. Oh, so if you drive by and you're like, hey, there's no cop here, you can hit the not cop You can cop hit not button. there. Yeah, not not cop. Yep. <laughs> cop, <laughs> cop, not, not cop. Cop, cop sweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, apparently the um, the neat thing about, uh, the neat th- even though the, the navigation itself it has not been, you know, 100% accurate, uh, um, uh, the neat thing about the navigation is that what it's supposed to do is it's supposed to use the Waze um, data from everyone else around in your vicinity to figure out what roads have traffic on them and what roads don't. Mm-hmm. And then it'll, it'll, it'll make an, a navigation map for you based on the fastest travel route with traffic. Oh, yeah. So it knows, like, for instance, that, you know, um, I-90 is supposed to be 65 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And if a, if you're going 35 miles an hour, something will pop up and be like, hey, are you in traffic? And then you can hit yes in traffic. Mm-hmm. And then it'll send that out to everyone else. And well, they'll know Google Maps already does that automatically. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's like uh, on, uh, well, yeah, if you just pull up um, you'll get a little the map do not on, enter on your iPhone, uh-huh. um, you, can just, you can just click, like, show traffic. And it'll show you green, yellow, and red areas. Oh, I didn't know and that. And then, and then I and I've seen it in action. I've actually been on a bus while this is enacted, and I've I've seen. I'm like, oh, we're about to hit a red area, and sure enough, half a mile later, bus is stopped. Mm. So it's really neat. So if you don't if you don't use uh, GPS or any kind of traffic monitoring system on your smartphone in your car, you really, really should. You should, yeah. As I've seen, um, uh. You know, these an app with turn by turn directions that will actually, when you tell it you want to go from point A to point B, it'll you know map the route for you, and then you'll say, well, hey, I've never gone this way before going to this location, and then you find out, oh, there was an accident on the highway, so you, the app was smart enough to already reroute you mm. before you even started your trip, if it's already aware of it. So I think that stuff is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like. But it's weird because you just kind of have to trust it because it doesn't tell you why you're going a certain way. So, you know. It's always a scary thing. Yeah. It is because then you think about, well, you know, what if companies start buying routes and saying, well, I want people to drive past this Walmart all the time. I'm going to start routing traffic right. this way. By the way, I hope everyone, uh, you know, takes a ride down the Thai Christian Expressway this weekend, um, opening <laughs> very soon. Um <laughs> You know, yeah, so. the over-reliance in navigation can be a bad thing, too. Like the woman who got stuck in Death Valley for two days. <laughs> what? I didn't hear about this. <laughs> tell, tell me about this. this yeah, so um, she they were taking a car tour through Death Valley or whatever, but <laughs> they got too far off of the path, and their GPS wasn't working, and it was malfunctioning, and basically had them going in circles oh for my several gosh, hours. That's and awesome. Someone finally found them, but that, that could be deadly. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's the drawback of not having a paper map, you know? Paper mm-hmm. map won't change. That's true. When you get 
you know, stuck and then your GPS says, oh, I'm not going to work anymore. And then you still could have a paper map. All right. So it's it's great to have these things, but. Mm-hmm. They're great, sure. but, you know, remember, folks, don't get too over, you know, reliable. Reliant. Them. Reliant. <laughs> there we go. That's that's, that's the word the I was How do we spell for? that quick? Look it up on Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah I, I know. Mean. Exactly. <laughs> the um, Also, uh, you know, some people might, out there might be saying, well, that sounds great, GPS with my phone, but, like, how, you know, what How do I, what am I going to put it in one hand and have the car wheel? Oh, the no, other? no, no. Don't do that. You know? And and also, people, don't don't talk on your cell phone when you're, when you're driving your car. Don't have it in your hand. Buy a Bluetooth headset. Please mm-hmm. buy a Bluetooth headset. Sure. And uh, the the technology that I use, I got a little uh, I got a little docking bay, so it kind of looks like a, a heads up display, kind of in my car. You know, it's neat. It's like a, it's like ah, there's my command center. It, it hooks right into the heating vent, right? Yep. On the, right into yeah. my heating vent, and yeah. it's really neat. Um, it puts my phone in my you know in in eyes in my eyes view. So so if I you know if I have a, a phone call, I can just hit the speaker button and like yes yes, uh, you know, and I feel like I'm I'm some sort of commander in a tank, you know, and like you know. Fire those missiles. But have you ever had your phone overheat? Because I've seen that happen to other people that have that same setup as you do. Nope. And it and then just their phone just goes boom. Well, is it overheat? Because they've got heat pumping out of yeah. the Ah, the heater is right behind the thing. Literally yeah. right behind it. Yeah. No, I haven't had that problem. Close that heat vent if you have that one. Right. Well, Mine, yeah. it, it kind of it closes it off or it shoots it down, you know, the way that I've got it set up. So, so. make sure to do that. Don't, yeah. don't fry your phone. Hey, uh, there is a new BIOS coming out um, for Windows 8. Uh, this this seems pretty interesting. It's a basically it's 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 kind of a bootloader uh, thing that uh, people are worried that it's going to lock. Uh, well, pe- pe- people that, that run Linux and different flavors of of uh, of OSs are worried that this particular uh, bootloader is going to lock people out of using Linux or something and force people only to use Windows. Um, yeah. So this is only a problem if if you use. Linux or want to load some right, other operating right. system. If you're just a straight up Windows user, you don't you don't have to worry about this. It's called UEFI, uh, Unified. Oh gosh, Unified hey. ex- Extensible Firmware Interface. And apparently, it's a modern replacement for the ancient PC uh, BIOS. It handles basic tax, uh, tasks like uh, initializing the machine and probing the hardware and passing control over into an operating system. Um, and unlike the BIOS, which was uh, uh, like initially coupled to the, you know, to the x86 processors, the, the you know the older processors and stuff like that. Uh, it, this one's supposed to be processor independent, modular, extended, uh, extendable system, uh, capable of much faster boot ups. Um, but so, so uh, basically, people are are worried that um, that this sort of a thing is going to be Microsoft only. I guess since since Microsoft uh, helped design this, you know, so. I don't know if I don't know if this is getting too technical, but <laughs> you know what well, I mean. Well, it's probably getting pretty technical, but I guess the the takeaway for maybe our our less tech savvy listeners is just that there there is a um, there's a when you boot up your computer, there's there's a bunch of things that happen yep. before you see you know Windows. It, it it's just that it runs your computer runs through these set of instructions and asks itself, you know, can I turn on? What do I have in you know what all is inside this computer that's going to interact with the operating system? And just does a, a series of checks um, that are very, very basic before we get to the operating system, which is much more complicated. So, basically, what Ty is talking about is that there's going to be there's there's a new, um, new I don't I don't want to call it software, but it's new, kind of software. Yeah, it's kind this, of firmware. It's firmware. Yeah. This this new um, set of instructions that'll happen at startup um, that if you are 
if you like using Linux, it may prevent you from using it on certain computers. Um, but for the rest of you that just use Windows only, um, your computer may boot faster now and um, have uh, there's just, I guess, greater capabilities for different hardware. I think, Andy, you said something about yeah, so like BIOS is locked in. It can't boot from something larger than two terabytes? Two, two terabytes. So that's one of the big reasons for the switch is that um, BIOS is an older technology, and you can only boot a disk smaller than two terabytes, and yeah. which there, there's... So Lots that may out there so that may not affect many of you at home. You, you, the laptop yet the, the dun, dun, dun. I, w- I would say most of our listeners have laptops, and your your laptop hard drive likely if you got the basic for what came with your computer, you are somewhere between if you have a computer you bought in the last couple of years somewhere between two fifty and five hundred yeah with a basic hard drive, and that's gigabytes. Okay, so two terabytes, if you want to go from a 500 gigabyte hard drive to two terabytes, it's four times that size, Mm -hmm. which laptops don't even ship with two terabyte hard drives. So you can think of it as the manufacturers are, you know, trying to um, overcome an obsolescence that you as the average consumer haven't hit yet. So they don't want you to hit a wall. No. But But they're also looking at, you know, power users and, you know, those of us in the IT industry who are already doing these kinds of but things. But in a couple of years, you know, two terabytes uh, will probably probably not be much. That'll be on a flash drive. That'll be on, yes. <laughs> oh, God, I hope so. I oh, hope that'd so. be great. Uh, you, two terabyte flash drive, how will I fill it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there will be ways, trust me. Oh, you know, so man. You'll have it also, all the HD TVs and everything, yeah. or mm-hmm. all the HD movies. It also um, adds some level of security to your PCs. For because, sure. Um, BIOSes are something that have been kind of exploited by virus yep. writers, yep. and this will s- further secure that. So you wouldn't um, root kits and other na- really nasty uh, viruses are. Yeah. Gonna, it's going to be harder to infect your computer with those. Although mm-hmm. and boot kits and boot kits. Oh man! And I, the old RAM BIOS viruses, which you don't see very often. Yeah, I've, I, I haven't seen those. But I I saw a boot kit the other day. So cool. So cool. Here's for everyone listening out there. Here's what a boot. So a root kit is a really nasty type of virus that infects uh, Windows system files, and it basically replaces uh, Windows system files with um, infected versions of the same file. So when you boot, so basically there's there's not really a good way to get rid of those um, uh, files because they're Windows files. So if you get rid of them, Windows won't work properly. It won't it'll blue screen or it won't it just won't boot up. You know, so in the way to kill the virus is actually to format the machine. So you have to erase the machine. Um, th- there's one, there's like one step up from that, uh, from ro- a rootkit, which is called a bootkit. And this is even cooler. Um, rootkits are smart. You know, the people who made them, very smart. Bootkits, holy crap, super smart. Bootkits infect the master boot record on your hard drive. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, which which does not get deleted when you run just a regular old format. So you could format the machine. Uh, everything on the hard drive is erased. I have deleted it. Uh, reinstall Windows. And the second you reinstall Windows, guess what's back? Mr. Virus. Because it's, it was infected the, it infecting the, the, the boot record, the master boot record. So cool. Like so in in terms of it, you know technology, so cool. So you actually have to zero out the hard drive or low level yeah. format to get rid of that. So you have to zero. So we use uh, we use the uh, Department of Defense's uh, 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 what am I what am I Derek, Derek's boot their, and nuke is that what the you Derek's use? boot and nuke? Yeah, we use their um, 
what's the DOD compliant? Yeah, uh, the Department of Defense. What was it called? The the. Uh, basically, it's a way to format a hard drive to make sure that there's all like yeah. random zeros and ones, and yeah. you know it it meets the DoD standard of compliance for, for hard sure. drive erasure. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, we're, we we will be right back here with Do It Live. We're gonna take a little quick break uh, because we've been we've been yammering far too much, and we gotta we gotta do a little break for some some sponsors and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, sponsors. <laughs> a little musical break and, uh, and a little uh, public service announcement break. But check us out online, doit.wist.edu forward slash radio. Uh, email us, radio at doit.wist.edu, and give us a call. Uh, we are here right now, even though this is taped. Uh, there's somebody in the studio, probably lonely, probably waiting for your calls. So give us a call. Go to the go to the website and check out our phone number and give us a ring and tell us what's on your mind. And, and who knows, you might make it to the next show. When we get back, we're going to talk about uh, back to school. Uh, all sorts of new technologies for back to school. And we're going to talk about the world's smallest, largest, and thinnest at the computer, or the, com- sorry, the Consumer Electronics Expo at 2012 at CES there. So we'll be right back with more. Do it live. And now the Do It Live three disclaimers with our guest geek of the week, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Number one. The opinions expressed on this program do not reflect the views of WSUM, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, or its Board of Regents. Number two, products and services provided by the Division of Information Technology, aka DOIT, and other university departments, as well as drawings and giveaways, may be only available to students, faculty, staff, or those currently affiliated with UW-Madison. Number three, participants of this broadcast may offer opinions or recommendations to like recommending you to get to the chopper however they do not endorse nor has any consideration been provided on behalf of the products or services discussed now get to the chopper
Mr. Hammond. It's amazing. People do move in herds to flock to the free concerts that are hosted by the UW School of Music practically all the time. How did you do this? I'll show you, Dr. Grant. Just go to music.wisc.edu and click on the events calendar. Spared no expense. And we're back with more Do It Live. Check us out online, doit.wist.edu forward slash radio. Subscribe to the podcasts. Go to iTunes, type in Do It or Do It Live, whatever your flavor is there. Uh, go to the podcast section and click on subscribe for Do It Live. And you will see all of our podcasts, all of our old shows. Uh, this is our first show of the, of the uh, second semester of our, two point, our Do It Live 2.0 of our second season. Uh, and there will, there will be more shows coming down the pipe, so hit subscribe so that you will never miss a show. You'll always be able to keep up to date with the latest and greatest in the tech world. And uh, today we are talking on Do It Live, we're talking about back to school and, uh, and all the sort of technology-related uh, helping stuff that, that Do It does for you all out there, uh, for all of your school needs, not just back to school, but all the time. Uh, and uh, with us here in the studio is absolutely no one. It's just us. Actually, no, it's, it's Teller from Penn & Teller, but he can't talk. So we're going to have to fill the space a little bit with uh, some descriptions of exactly what we do and where we come from. So why yes. don't we start it off with the wonderful uh, uh, Teresa Saldana from the Repair and Desktop Support Division. No, we're a department. department. Do it's a division. De- so, so we're Deployment. all... So development. We're we're all discrepancies. From, we're all from Do It, which <laughs> is the division of information technology. And I am from a department within Do It mm-hmm. called Repair and Desktop Support. That's how that works. So ah. with our with, <laughs> <laughs> with the two parts of our department. So the first part we'll talk about is repair. So that's the most exciting to you folks at home. If your computer breaks, you know, like your hard drive fails, your L C D cracks because you sat on it or your child spilled a glass of water on your computer and mm. you ask yourself what am i going to do you come to us we can help you yep so we do um warranty repair on dell computers and apple computers so if you have one under warranty please come to us we can help you out they can um, rebuild them make them faster stronger yes. better and if if you're not sure <laughs> you of course you can give us a call um or email us um so if your computer is out of warranty with any other manufacturer, we can help you out. So if you have an HP, Toshiba, Acer, EPC, and you need help with it and you don't know where to go, you can come to us and we will help you out uh, with your computer and tell you how much it's going to cost to fix it. Um, so um, that's one part of our service. Um, the other part is uh, desktop support, which is um, we do departmental IT support. So if your department um, 
you know, recently your IT person left or you have new IT needs or you're trying to, you know, start up a computer lab and you just need uh, some people to get in there and help out, um, you can definitely contact us and um, talk to us about your needs and we'll see um, what we can do to help you out. Um, and the last part uh, that, uh, you know, that is available to all faculty, students and staff is our rental pool. Woo! We have... Uh, I, I'm sure uh, many people are familiar with um, what the what uh, the libraries and a lot of the labs around campus rent. They rent out MacBooks. Yeah, and they but have the, you and can only free. do it for like three they're, days. Yes, they're free, but it's only for three days. Yeah, three and then you days. Gotta, and you got to go back and you got to like re-rent it. And you can only re-rent so many times per semester. It's just a. It's just and a if hassle. you don't get them back, it's twenty dollars a day. Oh my god! Oh, huge fines. So if you're saying to yourself, oh, I need a laptop, but I don't want to buy one right now or mine's away getting fixed and I can't do this three day thing. Well, our department uh, has laptops for rent. So we have MacBooks, um, lots, lots and lots of MacBooks uh, for rent. Um, they're a couple of years older, but they definitely get the job done. Email, uh, Internet, you know, whatever you need to do, um, we can help you out. Um, and we rent them for you can rent it for a day, a week, a month, and even a semester. Whole semester. So yeah. you, you know you already need a laptop for a whole semester. You can come to us and you can rent one. Super um, cheap, too. Yeah, super cheap. Mm -hmm. So, A lot less than you'd think. Yep, a lot, lot less than buying a whole new computer, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. Actually, so even if you quite wanna, a lot less than buying right, a whole. <laughs> and even if you want to test drive a Mac, like you're not sure, do I want to get a Mac? You can totally check out one of our MacBooks and see That's how it works. That's a really good idea. Actually. I know it's 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 awesome. And we also have we have a projector, and by I mean projector, I do mean one projector. <laughs> so please call in advance if you want our projector. We have a bunch of projector screens, and we also have uh, 3G and 4G. USB modems. So the G stands for great. It, yeah, it does. Because <laughs> they're great. Yes, they are. So if you're if you know you're going to go on a trip and you don't know if you're going to have internet, um, or you're on a road trip and you know you're going to need access to the internet, um, and you can't tether your phone or you don't have a phone that can tether or you don't want to wear out your phone, um, you can rent one of our modems. And uh, the 3G ones, they plug into the side of your computer um, and allow you to use Verizon's network um, to be able to get access to the Internet. Or you can get one of the 4G modems that we have, and those um, do not have to be plugged into your computer. And you can host up to five devices on that little modem. So you could be in a car. You having a road trip? You want to get your, uh, want to get your Nintendo 3DS uh, Mario Kart on? Boom. There it is. Yes. So all your all or your I friends say, whoop, there it is. can all <laughs> sit in the car and play. Um, so they're great little devices. So if you think you need one, um, feel free to give us a call or stop by, and we'd be happy to um, show you what inventory we have and get one checked out to you. <laughs> For some reason, that, that that line, you know, we'd be happy to show you what inventory we have, kind of sounds like the same thing, like an you know, like an arms dealer would say. Let me show you Let my wares. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I would be happy to show you, you know, our inventory, uh, exactly what we can do for you, you know. Please do not think of that when you want to run something <laughs> from us. <laughs> I'm looking for a uh, computer, you know, to help me out with my problems. I am doing air quotes right now, so uh, you know. So, you <laughs> <laughs> so can you help me out with uh, this? Uh, this I'd like to do it for an entire 
semester, if you know what I mean. So if you want more information about our <laughs> services, I would recommend not calling Ty. Um, you should go to our website, <laughs> which is doit.wisc.edu forward slash repair. Yes, that's it. <laughs> I, I, well, I don't know why I paused right there. It's because our acronym is RADS. Because so repair and desktop support RADS. But it's just uh, forward slash repair. She um, was thinking about me trying to buy guns from her. So <laughs> that's exactly why she stopped. No. <laughs> I need some uh, software to Otherwise, go with this hardware. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So just just go to our website, please. <laughs> please just go to our website. Yeah. Ty, you are a terrible spokesperson and that, for and my that's department. And not going to be blacked out because of soap. No. No, no it's okay. not going but to be. But it might. But it won't. No. But it, but <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next up is Andy with the, the tech store. So, yeah, we uh, you need software, computers. We got <laughs> it all. What do you need? We got it. We Come got on. it. Bam. Cables. You need to hook up your new Xbox. See, the tech store is the supplier. That's we true. got the supplies. So, yeah, you need more memory for Teresa to make your computer faster, stronger, that Bam. kind of thing. Bam. We Bam. got it for you. And, uh, you we want some even, pepperoni on we that? Even, Bam. We can, yeah. It's in there. <laughs> like ragu or something. Or one of them. <laughs> anyway, he's the supplier. You're the uh, you're like the tech guy in the spy movie, you know that is repa- repairing the stuff and like breaking into the steam yeah, tunnels. Yeah, I'm Q. And adding in, but Q never went out. Like Q never went out and about and and, and broke it. He just gave James Bond the. Yep, just the, here you go. Here's the new. Yeah, spy he didn't have watch. A, he didn't <laughs> he didn't have a New York accent either. Oh yeah. It's like now, if you right. press this lever, you know. Yeah. So, so what what all does the tech store have to offer? We've got. Software, we've got hardware, cables, peripherals, uh, ink for your printers. Uh, computers. Computers. We've got yeah. Dell and and Apple computers for sale. Maybe you maybe you go to Teresa and you rent a laptop and you're like, this is for me. Where can I buy it? Then you come right to the tech store and, and we'll help you right out. Except what the tech store sells are much, much more... Much ours are even better. Much if you like what she's got, oh boy, let me tell you. Boom. Bam. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah, what, what would you say is your, what's your biggest seller at the tech store? I, I would have to, our biggest seller is probably the software. We have incredible deals on software, Microsoft Office, both for Windows and Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Windows operating uh, systems. We have um, Adobe software, which is a tremendous savings over what you would pay retail. Um, for any anything from Photoshop all the way up to the Master Collection, um, all kinds of cables. Cables are a great deal at the tech store. Uh, a lot of retailers mark up their cables quite a bit, and uh, we are here as a service to the university, so our our profit margin is low on those. So HDMI cables, don't buy them at your <laughs> big box store come to the tech store don't don't buy monster cables either yeah jeez but i will say that's really awesome about being able to go to the tech stores if you know i need a cable and i need it right now i know i can go to the tech store and they they have many many cables you got a whole wall full of cables got a whole yeah. wall and it's if we don't have it upstairs we have it in our storage and the and the dudes that are selling stuff there the dudes and the ladies are are uh, are not working on commission so they're not trying to like you know push you into something that you don't want. They are extremely right. helpful. Yeah. We're we're here to make sure that you get what you need um, for your technology needs. So if it if it's something if your need is something that maybe not what we have in the store, we're going to tell you that too. We're not just trying to make a buck. Yeah. So, so it's a great great resource. Come in and talk to our consultants. Um, if you have something you want to do with a computer, you're thinking about buying a new computer. Um, 
come in and talk to one of our consultants. They really are a great place to start. When For you sure. say, I need a... I need something to check my email. I need a technology. Yeah. Or, yes. Or if you got some kind of new toy over Christmas or something, then you want to hook it up to your TV or this or that, and you're not sure what it is, bring it in. We can we can show you how to plug that into your HDTV or, or whatever, it, however you need to connect that device. Mm-hmm. And then finally, last but not least, it's me, Ty, with the, with the Do It Help Desk. Uh, I work at the Do It Help Desk, and if you don't know about the Do It Help Desk, then you are listening to the wrong program, (laughs) or maybe you're listening to the right program, but why would you listen to this program if you're not already from, uh, I don't know, maybe you're driving down the road and you're like, uh, what's this Do It radio thing, so anyway, but the Do It Help Desk is all about helping and uh, and desking, perhaps, but uh, basically we've got uh, phones. Uh, and we've got uh, so phone support so people can call in. You can call in. The number is 264-HELP. Uh, and you can call in. We're open um, from 6 in the morning until 1 in the morning. So just about any time you could conceivably be working on a paper. Wow. Yeah. We are, we're here for you. You know, uh, And we assist with just about anything you can possibly think of on your computer. We, you know, Call us. Uh, ask us a question. Uh, we can fix your whisk mail. We can get your... Uh, you're learning your W classes going. We can, we can do all sorts of different things. It's a, it's a great service. Uh, maybe you don't like talking over the phone. Maybe your phone's dead. Maybe uh, maybe you have a horrible fear of uh, hearing people's voices on the phone. Come on into the walk-in help desk, which we have multiple uh, versions of. We've got the main walk-in help desk at 1210 West Dayton Street in the Computer Sciences Building. That's our main location. We also have two satellite uh, locations, one at the Memorial Union. Uh, down in the basement, uh, and then one over at the Health Sciences Learning Center, the HSLC, over uh, near the UW Hospital in the Ebling Library area there, uh, which we also, hey, we also ch- share that with the tech store. So if you're looking for a place to get your technology needs that is not uh, at the main tech store, go to the satellite tech store at uh, HSLC and and buy some stuff there. And while you're there, stop in and say hi to the help desk. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, maybe, maybe you have a crippling fear of just talking to people or seeing people or anything like that. That's okay. We got you covered with that too. We have chat and email. So you can chat us in, uh, and, and ask your question over chat, or you can email us and ask a question there. The email address is help at doit.wisc.edu and our chat service is available online on our main website, helpdesk.wisc.edu. Um, speaking of that website, the help desk website is amazing because we've got like bajillions of help documents on there. So if you if you're like I I can do this myself, I just need a little bit of nudging in the right direction. You go to the help desk uh, website, type in what you need to know in the knowledge base search, and pretty in we're pretty darn sure that something should come up to help you mm-hmm. uh, to help you find what you need. Um, uh, yeah, so that's that's the help desk. We are uh, we are awesome, and we're here to help you. We also have a uh, Teresa's in charge of our, our repair department. We also have uh, for for hardware repair, I should say. We also have a software repair department, which is totally free. So if you get a virus on your computer or you have something weird that's going on, something maybe we can't fix over the phone or over email, you can come into the walk-in help desk and you can check it into our level two support team, and they can fix it for you. They'll give it uh, their best shot, and they're they're pretty darn good at getting done what needs to be done. And it's, I would like to emphasize, it's free. It's free. It's totally free. Oh my gosh! Software One problems, viruses do not gratis. do not sit at home. Do not suffer with that virus. No. Don't freak out. Please contact the help desk and get that virus out of there. Yeah. You ever seen the show Billy the Exterminator? On on the, is it the History Channel? 
I don't know. You know that show with the guy with the exterminator who goes around and kills pests? No. no. No? Maybe it's Animal Planet. But anyway, I'm like Billy it's the Exterminator. Animal Planet. History Channel? Did I'm you like, say? well, you know the History Channel's weird. <laughs> I'm I'm like Billy the Exterminator for viruses, man. You know, there there isn't a virus I haven't seen, and let me tell you, I can kill the best of them. Don't you guys have a kill board or something? With fire. I, we don't have a kill board anymore, but we did have a most... But no, but you keep track of how many machines you work through every month? Oh, for month? sure. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's tons. It's like hundreds. Yeah. yeah. And, and remember, people, it's free. So it's don't, free. So don't wait if you notice a virus on your computer. It can yeah. get worse over time, not better, if you don't do something. Just like watching Billy the Exterminator on TV. It's like, you know, it's free. So come on in. Bring your computer in. The help desk. Helpdesk.wist.edu and call us 264-HELP. Uh, and before we go today, I just wanted to to, to uh, jump over real quick to this, the smallest, largest, and thinnest at CES 2012. You guys are familiar with CES, the, uh, the Consumer Electronics Show? Yes? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there's a few things that caught my eye here. First off, smallest wireless router. How much, uh, Teresa, how small would you, would you guess that the smallest wireless router is in inches? Uh... I would say, wait, wait, well, maybe as large as an iPhone? It's got to be smaller than a phone because you can te- technically mm-hmm. use a phone. Like yeah, but uh, you have to plug things into it. Okay, I will I'll let you know. 2.5 by 2.5 by 0.7 inches, oh, so about About the size of big. the screen on your smartphone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my god. Smallest wireless router. Uh, uh, okay, biggest, biggest iPhone dock. How big is it? Oh, Wait, wait, wait. It's, it's it's that one that's like the size of a room, isn't it? Yes. That's right. That's right. right. It's the iNuke Boom iPhone dock. Boom. It's a three grand. It's 700 pounds, and it's powered by a pair of 18-inch subwoofers. It produces 6,000 watts of power. Sweet. Oh, boy. Uh, how, how big is the largest tablet? Largest? Isn't that the Microsoft Surface? Well, I, that's not technically a tablet. No. Oh, well, I'm thinking touchscreen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, just because you can't fit in your pocket. Well, how, how big? How big do you think it is? The largest biggest, tablet. Biggest tablet. Uh, twenty-seven inches. I don't know. <laughs> Thirteen point three inches. That's the si- almost the size of a legal uh, sheet of paper. Oh, who yeah. makes that one? That is a uh, Excite. Um, it, oh, Toshiba. The, the Toshiba. S- I was what the the search engine Excite. Where did <laughs> what? They came back and made a tablet. They're back. They're back. That's the, scary. Okay, thinnest. Thinnest laptop. It's, I I want to say it's the MacBook Air, but it's Ooh, not. You want to, don't you? But it no, it's not. But it's not. It's oh, not. Is it a Toshiba. It's the Acer Aspire S5. It is 15 millimeters. I tall. When so you how many it. sheets of paper is that? Um, not very many. Uh, uh, I don't know. It doesn't say. Oh man, <clears throat> what else is that thin? Do, do they have a comparison? Um. No, but you know, okay, thinnest thinnest OLED display. So it's thinnest. Uh, wh- what do you think is the thinnest uh, TV on on oh. on show? Oh, I feel like I heard. How about many this credit recently. cards thick is the thinnest TV? Five, F- four, three. Oh, oh I was going to say credit three. cards. Darn it! But how big is the screen? Like uh, fifty-five inches, <gasps> and three credit cards thick. I would that's be afraid thing, to like move that around. Or is that just that the around. screen on it? That's no, that's the whole thing. The whole shebang. Three credit cards thick. I'm looking at a woman like pointing at it and it's kind of freaky cuz it how looks you, like her hand d- is going through it. How do you keep it from flopping yeah, over? Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's made out of titanium. It must be. It must be. 
Uh, okay, we did we did biggest tablet. How about thinnest tablet? Um, in inches, in in inches. This is a terrible quiz. No. I don't know. We all failed. Uh, I'll give you a hint. A quarter it's, inch. it's in the point. Oh, 0.25. Oh, point close, two? close. Point three, point ah. three inches, and one point one eight pounds. That was made uh, by Toshiba again. Mm-hmm. It's another Excite tablet. Oh, very exciting. And then finally. The uh, the slimmest Blu-ray player that uh, oh that's it's a 3D Blu-ray player. Mm-hmm. How um, how thick is the, the the thinnest Blu-ray player in millimeters? Um, <laughs> damn you and your metric I'm never, system! I'm never I'm never gonna guess. Uh, I 22. Oh, yeah. 22 millimeters thick. Oh That's, boy. Yeah, I, and I, you know, I, I, I know it's the metric system. I don't really have a good, you know, idea of the thickness of that. But let me tell you, it's it's not very, not very thick. I want to say it, you know, from just looking at it, it looks like the size of maybe like a a pen or maybe like a pen and a half, you know. And then the, the last thing I saw in here was the world's smallest washing machine, uh, which what? is which is interesting. Uh, it, it's about the you know the bread machines that you can buy at uh, you mm-hmm. know that makes bread for you. Mm-hmm. It's about that size. <gasps> what does uh, it wash? A sock? Like your, well, your, it said it's, it your says earbud it's, covers. It's suitable to contain two adult t-shirts. I think that's a that's a typo. T-shirts. <laughs> so you can, t-shirts. you know I mean it looks like it looks really small. I don't think you could really do any more than like a towel at a time or like a like two t-shirts or you mean like a washcloth like not even a full-size towel maybe a full-size maybe a full-size towel but yeah but that so that is the smallest largest and thinnest at ces 2012 let me guess they sell it in japan uh china 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 actually it's it's made for the you know multi-living uh multi-apartment uh areas how long would that take to do laundry Oh my God! Oh, yeah, boy. Twenty-seven yeah. years. Twenty-seven years. Well, and you know, you're talking about the 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 display. Like, how do they keep it up? How do they keep it from cracking? I, I heard stuff about like this gorilla glass that they're they've oh, been working. Oh, yeah. The new, the new yeah, gorilla yeah. glass. Yeah, yeah. That's like never supposed to break. You can take a sledgehammer to it, and you know, <clears throat> just leave a leave a little scratch. You know, no problems there. So, should be interesting. Wow. Yeah. And uh, looks like our hour is just about up here. But before we go, we got a bunch of people to thank. Uh, special thanks go out to our management team at the Division of Information Technology. Perry Brunelli, Ryan Hansen, Edward Hoover, Brian Kishner, Ty Leto, Neil Mack, Mark Nessel, Brian Rust, and Bill Zimmerman. The Director of User Services is Kathy O'Brien. Duet's Chief Operating Officer is John Krogman. And our CIO and Vice Provost for Information Technology is Bruce Moss. Today's broadcast was produced by Ty Christian, Sandy Cyberlick, and Adam Wiesenfarth. Our associate producers are Laura Grady, Teresa Saldana, and Nathan Cohen, with assistance from Dan Collins, Matthew Siriani, and the Nates, Harrison Weber, and Zastro. Our on-air producer and director of e-communications is Matt Rockwell, and our theme music is from Conan. The executive producer of Do It Live is Jesse LeGrew. Join us next week where we will talk tech again for another hour, and we'll see you then.
make it do it makes us Never over. Okay. 